And we're back again, again. Hi, I'm Todd Brinker. Okay. This is Generation Tech. That's my dad, Jack Brinker. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we started talking, then realized we weren't recording, so I said, let's start the show. So I played the theme music, and then I never hit the record button, so then we have to hit the record button and play the theme music in that order. Yeah. <laughs> order is anyway, important. basketball has been kind of in, in the, the forefront. forefront. We were yeah, yakking on about yeah. Charles Barkley on 60 Minutes and... Yeah. Michael Jordan and various other things. Have you watched talk about any? Different. Well, I was going to say, have you talked? Have you watched any of the um, March Madness stuff? Yeah, all of these uh, the finals to get into the final four. It's been insane. Gonna... By the way, go Aztecs! As a former San Diego State student, I am didn't pick them to go this far in my brackets, but man, go San yeah. Diego! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that that was a Really tight game, too, and, and yeah. San Diego kind of, well, actually, I think, was it Texas they were playing? Ooh, I, I don't remember the now. losers they played against. Uh, <laughs> I don't have my bracket up in front of me. I don't, Honestly, I don't even remember who was playing who and what. <laughs> Whatever the game was, they, they, they made their last eight points at the free throw line uh, by being fouled intentionally uh, to try to get the ball back because the clock was running down. So it was a... It was, it was a gimme, gimme because San Diego just kept dumping them in the basket and just really yeah. pulled away. Yeah. San Diego beat Creighton. Creighton. Creighton, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. After they, they beat anyway, Alabama it, before it, that. It's one of those things one. where intentional fouls didn't pay off at all. <laughs> and and you, you, you have, have to find a guy who to foul. That yeah, yeah. Not, you you got to foul the guy who, who makes, you know, 60% of his, his – uh, Free throws, not guys that are making ninety percent of the free throws. And and at the, yeah, and at this level, they're pretty rare. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you can't shoot your free throws. In fact, the teams usually put in their best free throw shooters in these situations. Oh yeah, at the end, exactly. They'll pull out the the uh, you know the seven foot center who can't hit a free throw. Um, you know, not yeah. that they necessarily have a seven foot center anyway, but you know, at the college level, but. Um, but yeah. anyway, the game was actually San Diego was behind most of the game, but it was still a very close game, just about all the way. Yeah, I mean it was rare, except right at the front of the game. But yeah. it was always a little. I ended up watching the adjustments. Uh, the last quarter, and so so our final uh, four are San Diego State Aztecs against the uh, Florida Atlantic Owls. And oh, and that game was a monster game, too. The Owls beat Kansas State, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that was, a, that was another phenomenal game. I was pulling for Kansas there, uh, Kansas State, which uh, was, was a surprise to me because, you know, from the Big 12, they had two teams in there, Texas and Kansas State, that both got to the Sweet 16 but lost their game. So they, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had K State going further. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I had, but I had Kansas going all the way. Well, well yeah, yeah, they, they were, were the number one, one in the Big 12. 12. Right, and they got and blown it, out early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so this, this this was, was a total, total upset, upset record setting. Uh, number of upsets, because yeah. There's none, none of the number one picks made it. I mean, yeah. in fact, they dropped early. Most of them. Yeah, most of them were gone by the second round. It was uh, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the other the other game is the Yukon Huskies and the Miami Hurricanes, um, and yeah. both of those will play next Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, and if you're anyway, in the Houston area, tickets started one hundred and nineteen dollars, <throat> but I bet they go quick. <laughs> oh 
Yeah, yeah you, you, you you have a favorite in the finals. finals. I, I I don't know that I do. Yet. Right. Uh, Florida has two teams in there, and uh, from, from what, what I saw of the games that I saw, that Florida Atlantic. Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's going, going to, to be, be one, one of the contenders, contenders I think. In the yeah, finals. that's right. Sandy, that's who San Diego has to play, and um, yeah, it's going to be that's going to be a tough game to get by. Their their Florida Atlantic looks very dynamic, very um, strong. Oh, they, they, they were. were. It was an amazing team. team. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll be a fun Saturday next Saturday watching these th- these two games uh, to see who sets it up, and then Monday is the finals. Yeah. So yeah, my my bracket was blown pretty quick because I had Kansas and Duke in the finals, and both teams were gone way, <laughs> way early. So my black bracket was just you know sunk pretty quick. I think there's a lot of people who could say that this year, though. Like you said, there were so many upsets that I think there was a lot of brackets that just kind of died yeah. on the vine. To, 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 to me, this tournament is uh, better than, than the World, World Series. Although I, I, I like, like baseball, baseball a lot. Yeah. Uh, and probably better than the Super Bowl because there's so many yeah. good games, usually. Uh, sometimes the Super Bowl can be not so, so good. But, but you, know, you know, I still like Super Bowls and those kinds of final tournaments if they're good games. Mm. But, but even though I can have a favorite in there, I still want it to be a good game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... Uh, there, there were a few of these games along the way, like the uh, uh, the uh, UConn game, which I knew was going to be a blowout because they've blown out everybody. Average win right. margin was, what, 15 or 16 points? Yeah. Well, and, and you so- know, it's funny because UConn was, was traditionally, like, the women's team was the one that was their dominating team for years and years. Right. Um, right. But, you know, they're a basketball school. I mean, they're that that's their big sport so they attract a lot of uh, college players yeah yeah good i mean high school players to go to there yeah so whatever but anyway it was, speaking uh, of baseball i've been thinking about it lately you know we're kind of uh, we're in spring training we're going to kick it off here before too much longer and uh i was looking back at pictures of um a uh, uh museum you and i went to in los angeles as a private private collection of baseball cards and baseball memorabilia basically centered around the Dodgers. Remember that trip? That was absolutely. I'll never forget it because that, that was my first team as a young kid. Yeah. Those Dodger players that I knew and knew all their data, statistical data and everything about them at that back in the fifties and sixties, uh, mostly the fifties though. And that uh, was the thing that was a the... surprise to me. Cause you know, I played baseball and, 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 you know, I mean, it's not like you and I don't talk, we talk a lot, but we've never really talked about baseball and about teams. And I didn't realize that you were a Dodger fan and I've yeah. been a Dodger fan for quite a while. And quite frankly, where I live, most of the people are angel fans because angels are a little, you know, we're closer to orange closer. County and the angels. Yeah. And so there's a lot of angels fans in my area. Um, there's Dodger people too. Well, I was you know. I was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Let's put right. it that way because I'll tell you, I was depressed when they moved to Los Angeles. You and, and a lot I, of people. <laughs> and, and and I didn't even I just gave them up. I mean, yeah. I just said, the "Hell with it! They're going to take my team out of Brooklyn." You know. Uh, oh, okay. Well, then never mind. I was going to suggest that we maybe kind of like <laughs> track the Dodgers this year together. And <laughs> well, you know. no, I've changed over the years. I mean, uh-huh. I grew up and said, "Oh, yeah, yeah. baseball." Came back and, to him, huh? And in fact, the I think the only Major League Baseball game that I ever went to was in Dodger 
uh, in L.A. At, at Dodger Stadium. No, you and I, you took me when I was a kid in Ohio. We went down to Cincinnati and saw the Reds play the Mets. Oh, we did that too. Yeah, I, re- and, I, you know, I talk about something you remember. You, you remember going yeah. to your first big league ball game with your dad, and I, like yeah. I said, I, I remember that was when the big red machine was rolling, and and yeah. uh, you know, and, and Robbie and I went to Cincinnati Red Legs. You went to a Cincinnati Reds game as well. Yep. So yeah, I have I have pictures of that. That's my memory anymore. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I can't trust my memory, but if I'm looking at my pictures, I'll sure. say, Oh yeah. You know, now it comes back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or like you suggest, you know. Uh, well, what I was going to suggest is is that the um, uh, the MLB has an audio-only subscription for like 20 bucks. You can, you can listen to the games, and you can pick the home announcer or the away announcer for every game. And so you can listen, you know, and you can download the schedule so it's in your calendar. It'll pop up and say, hey, the game's starting. And... And that way you can track, you know, we can listen to the Dodger games. And quite frankly, when it, when it comes to baseball, if I'm not at the park, I would rather be listening because I can be doing something else and listen to the game. I don't really like watching baseball on television. You know, it's just uh, not. It's a does, slow game. you got to be at the park. It just yeah. doesn't translate well to television, you know. But, yeah, at the park it's fun. But otherwise, you know, I like the idea of, you know, the, you know, you used to listen to it on the radio, you know. But it's like, but you, can, but you can now stream it in their app. You pay the 20 bucks and, you can, and that way you get every game streamed uh, and you can listen to the game. Well, let, let me tell you that uh, Dizzy Dean had a lot to do with me being a Dodger fan. Because mm-hmm. he was a radio announcer back in those days. Not just a, he wasn't the Dodger announcer. Right. I just loved listening to him because he had a, he was an old timer at that point and and just was fun to talk, listen mm-hmm. to him talk, you know. So anyway, yeah. So an announcer for another team made you a Dodger fan. Yeah, Vin, <laughs> Vin Scully was the Dodger fan, but I listened to lots yeah. of ball games. Say Vin Scully started in 1950. Yeah, and he didn't quit until 2016. Right, is well, that he, not phenomenal run? I, I listened to as many games that he called as well, but I'm yeah. just saying, Dizzy Dean was a guy that had the history as a player, mm-hmm. and and he had this thing about him. In fact, he was so uh, open and blunt that he almost lost his radio contract about various things. Yeah. So, well, I'm a fan of. Guys like Chick Hearn, who are so obviously biased that that it makes the other people horrid uh, uh, hate him, but he's biased in the way I'm biased, and so I like listening to it. You know? So I used to love listening to to Chicky Baby call the Laker games, you know. And Vince Scully was sort of that way too, you know, less so. You know, he yeah. just he just passed away this this last August. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but that was a lot. I mean, it's hard to believe. 1950 to 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 2016 66 years he was he was the play-by-play announcer yeah there's another guy that was really famous a little there was a guy in pittsburgh that used to call games um all did all the sports myron something or another and uh, he had a very unique sounding voice and he was interesting to listen to no this guy i'm thinking of i think was a new york announcer but yeah can't, can't think of his name now Anyway, there's well, been well, some a, a fair number of really, really, well, um, I, I, you know, good announcers that are 
unique and, and different over the years. And I think they make the game as interesting as the players. Yeah, well, actually, the guy I'm thinking of was really a boxing announcer. That was back when heavyweight boxing was a big thing. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he uh, t- uh, called a lot of the Muhammad Ali era. Uh, Are you trying to say Howard Cosell? That's the guy. Howard Cosell. <laughs> he was unique. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely a uh, an interesting guy. Um, yeah, yeah, and calling a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's amazing. It? But but the announcing business makes people almost as famous as the players themselves. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. I think honestly, they should because the the person calling the game can can that's, have as much of an effect yeah. on whether you're enjoying it as the players. You know, I mean, obviously, if your team's winning, you're going to have a good time. But you know, it's it's that guy out there, you know, calling the game along with you that 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 can make it interesting and, and by voice inflection and volume and just, you know, they can raise the level sure. of excitement and, uh, and make it enjoyable. So we can talk about it offline, but I was thinking it might be fun to listen to, um, a little bit of that. You know, uh, I, I saw a picture, uh, one of the pictures from that museum was Scully sitting next to, uh, Jerry Doggett, who, uh, who's joined him in the mid fifties and, and broadcast with him for, uh, for quite a while. Jerry Doggett. Yeah. Don't remember that name. So, yeah. Well, I think, you know, Scully was the play-by-play and Jerry Doggett was sort of the color commentary. Oh. Uh, you know, because they, they always pair them. It's not just, it's only, you know, there's one guy who's usually the famous guy, but there's usually somebody else there that he can kind of turn and, you know, chit-chat with during lulls, right? Well, there was a guy I recall named Daggett. Oh, Daggett. Maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, I don't, I didn't know... For sure that it was mm-hmm. Jerry Daggett, but nevertheless, it was a guy that that I remembered from some sport. <laughs> yeah, been, been too many years. My old brain just doesn't doesn't can't dig it out of the dirt anymore. <laughs> anyway, shall we shall we talk tech? Why don't we talk tech instead of talking baseball? Yeah. Or we can talk baseball tech. You know, they got a pitch clock this year. Oh yeah, the measure. Well, they've pretty been. Pretty much measuring fastballs for years. Well, no, not a pitch, not not measuring the speed. A pitch clock. No, a pitch clock saying that from the time of the end of the last play, the pitcher has so many seconds to throw the ball. He can't stand out there and scratch and itch and stare around and watch birds fly by. <laughs> He's got to. Uh, so they got to keep the game moving. Right, because the game, the length of games has been getting longer and longer. They measure that over the, of course, it's baseball. They measure everything. Um, and uh, uh, and and they said that they they feel like that's part of the reason that they've been losing uh, you know viewership is because these games just seem to go on forever and ever you know and so oh, yeah. um, they've done that. The also also this is weird. This one I don't like. In extra innings, starting in the tenth inning, they will put a runner, a designated runner, on second base. Hmm. The idea again being that that it will be quicker and easier to. Um, to score and and end the game, so it won't go on forever. And I think that's a mistake because I think yeah. extra innings is when it gets exciting. Yeah. It's it's not so you want to shorten the time between pitches and get the game keep the game moving. But if you go into extra innings, you don't want to end it then. Then you want it to then you want to keep going because then it's exciting and that's when your fans are engaged. And yeah. I think that I think that one is a mistake. But they've been trying both of those things in spring training this year, which I think is interesting. 
Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of the pitch clock, not a fan of the the well, I'll tell you what, base my, runner. My attitude about most of this stuff, and maybe it's just the conservative uh, sentiment in my soul that says, damn it, don't change the rules because then you have to throw out the record books. Well, but they do that all the time. I've given up on that argument because, you know, being a swim coach and, and familiar with swimming, um, I've seen a half dozen major changes in the way the strokes are and the turns are allowed to occur just in my lifetime. And then the records fell, you know, yeah. I mean, just major change. I mean, they've changed the stroke. It's not even the same stroke legally. What they swim legally now is breaststroke would not be legal just when I was in high school, you know? Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, the, the turns for backstroke would not They'll be change. legal in high school. Well, why don't they just change the name of it then? So, because be they don't want to. They want the records to fall. They want the people to keep coming back and think and thinking everybody's faster and better than they were before. But when you really look at it, it's like, nah, not so much. Hmm. You know, and if and, and so when I started getting curious about it, I actually started going back and looking at the history of the sport. And that's been continuous throughout the history of, of, of swimming. In, you know, I started back with like the first swimming events in the Olympics and they have changed rules and, and, and equipment regulations and things consistently. And almost every change has been, it resulted in, in new records falling. So when you say, Oh, look at how much faster we are than the guys who swam back in the 19, you know, twenties, like, yeah, they were doing, they had different restrictions. They weren't allowed to do all the things that you do. If you, if you put that guy head to head with the guy now, it wouldn't be that different. Wow. So. That's my personal feeling. Now, I'm not saying we aren't getting faster and training better and, and creating healthier athletes and attracting athletes that are more uh, adept at that particular sport. And so uh -huh. I think that's happening across sport. And so and so athletes are, um, you know, a, a, and athletes are able to train longer in, in their career in a lot of, especially the, the secondary sports, not baseball, football, and basketball and soccer. Um, but the, you know, the, the swimming and the, the, uh, you know, cross country skiing and stuff, they're able to train and have longer careers. And there are now, you know, professional, uh, organizations that will support them as they do that. And so you're getting, you know, stronger, more mature, capable athletes. So, I mean, there are yeah. things that are just, but see, those are rule changes and, and, and social changes that are making that more viable too. So, Yeah. Rules are great. You cheer, but that's like the argument of like who's the best basketball player of all time. You know, yeah. it's like Does, doesn't make any sense. There's no, there's no way to measure that. You know, yeah. who had yeah. the most impact on the game? Who was, you know, head? Who could win a one one on one game? Who, you know, there's so many different ways people, of looking at want, that. People want to argue anyway, regardless of the facts. And that's so. the point. That's the thing is, is it's just about <laughs> having the argument, right? Because I mean, you know. The, the basketball thing. I mean, a certain age person goes to Michael Jordan. Uh, mm -hmm. It's hard not to point at somebody like Wilt Chamberlain and, and yeah. say he was like the most phenomenal basketball player of all time. You know, or, you know, there's people of another age, later age, say it's it's um, clearly LeBron, you know. And it's it, the thing is, is that it doesn't matter. They're all phenomenal in their time. Who was the best player at a given time is the is the right way to phrase that question. Yeah, at a given a time. particular year. Yeah. Know? I mean, I would argue that if you want to say who's had the most impact on the game, Steph Curry is hard to – it's hard to argue against him because he's an average-sized guy who has changed the game. You know, sure. basketball is now a three-point game. That's right. Um, 
and and that's largely due to his his talent and skills. And and, and you know, I'll I'll claim having predicted that. Mm-hmm. I I thought way back when I was a kid that uh, that three point thing is going to become like a free throw in the, in the future. Because all you got to do mm-hmm. is practice that a lot, and you'll become bring the keep working until you bring your percentages way up under all circumstances. Yeah, and that's exactly what he's done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no. He he's... just became pro- proficiency has no limits. You know, until you reach perfection, <laughs> you know, but you can get real close to perfection. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I will I will say though you you phrased that a little wrong cuz you didn't predict it when you were a kid because it didn't exist when you were a kid. <laughs> well, it did. Three-pointers w- was a new thing. Okay? While mm. I was a kid, I don't remember what year it was exactly, but when they when it came out with that and added a point, I said, well, that just means that people will get better at that, you know? Well, because 1979 is when the NBA added it, and I was a junior in high school. So you weren't a kid. Well, I, Now, the, yeah, a, I, the ABA added it prior to that in the 60s, but you still really weren't a kid. Well, <laughs> you know? okay. You're right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the, but nonetheless, yeah, 67 is when the ABA added it. So you were 27. So you were kind of a kid then. But all, all I'm saying is, is that in a competitive, in any competitive environment, anytime you change a rule that rewards something, you get more of it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the, that's the fundamental law of society and capitalism and everything else that allows rule changes that gives something preference or some more scores in this case. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that says, Hey, we want to see more of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting too. I was just re just, just looking at it. 67 ABA has the three point shot. Less selvage shot, uh, uh, 461, three, uh, threes in a season. That was more than any other uh, than any other full team, other than one team. Mm-hmm. And okay. and he sh- he shot ten of twenty six three pointers in a game against the Denver Rockets, and he held that record for decades. Um, and then when the merger, when the ABA and the NBA merged in seventy six, the NBA wouldn't let them bring the three pointer over. And but three years later, then they added the three pointer in seventy nine. So mm-hmm. so it had been out there for a while before the NBA finally said, yeah, we want that too. I'm curious as to when it, uh, happened like in the, in the, um, in, in internet. Oh, here it is. Uh, in 84, it was inter- international play. So the Olympics, the FIBA basketball guys and the NCAA used it in 87. So, so NBA actually was ahead of some of these others, but they eventually all added it in. Wow. I still have a difficult time thinking that it came that late. Yeah, no, it came very late. Um, well, <laughs> you know, it's all a matter years. of pers- it's all it's it's all a matter of perspective, right? I mean, you know, yeah. you talk to a high school kid today, and it's like the three point shot. Go, are you crazy? It's always been there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's always been there. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it sort of boggles the mind. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway. Speaking of boggling the mind, yeah, I, finally, my first, my first article up has a 
MacBook Error, uh, Air rather with the right. M1 chip in it for eighty bucks, eight hundred bucks. Yeah, it has been on sale a couple times for seven ninety nine. Amazon yeah. had it for seven ninety nine. Um, uh, over when they had their Amazon thing over the summer, their Amazon Day, whatever they call it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's probably about what the Amazon retail was. I mean, or wholesale, rather, when they right. bought it. And they're just getting, getting it out of the stock and making room for something with more, more profit margin. Yeah. But anyway, that's not the only reason that I saved this. While I was looking at it, it I noticed down here related, The Verge has an article don't get the M2 MacBook Air base model because it has much slower solid-state drive. Right. So when you look at the speed of these things, or just, you know, like you say, M2's got to be faster than M1. Right. Not necessarily. Yeah. You know, well, it what, depends on how you're using it, too. For most people, the M2 is going to be, the M1 is going to be way more than they need in terms of, you know, work, browsing the Internet and uh yeah. And and doing stuff. The reason that they they talk about the uh, much slower isn't you know I'm saying this with air quotes here, is that the base model it has 256 gigabytes of storage in it, and uh-huh. in the M1 it was a single 256 gigabyte SSD. In the I mean, I'm sorry, it was two uh, 128 gigabyte SSDs in the M1, and in the M2 it's now a single uh, SSD chip. And because of that, it then only has one uh, line of communication to the CPU instead of two. Uh, and so it's a little bit slower in its disk access. And then when you go to the next level up, the 512, you get two 256-gigabyte chips. And so then you pick that speed back up. Um, again, depends on what you do. You know, yeah. Most people would never, ever notice the difference at all. These things are so fast to begin with, it's, it's ridiculous. But the um, if you do something that has a lot of disk I/O, if you're doing video editing, which how many people who have a MacBook Air that that's their primary video editing tool is probably you know nobody, yeah. uh, especially a you know base level one. <laughs> but uh, yep. but uh, yes, it does technically have slower SSD because it's got uh, a single uh, communication channel to the CPU as opposed to dual. Yep. So. Anyway, uh, I, I thought that uh, <clears throat> the the other one I wanted to read is the the Verge also reviews their the new MacBook Pro without the Touch Bar. That's uh-huh. the one I, that's not the one I have. Right. And they call it the Air Apparent, so because it does doesn't uh, it works like an Air basically. So it's mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what distinguishes what the distinguishing marks as a Pro are. But uh, uh, it usually means there's better performance. That's all it means. Look at the date on that article. 2016. Oh, they're not even talking about the M1s. No. Or the M1 or 2. Nope. That's a really, oh, okay. really old article that popped up underneath there. I saw that and I was like, oh. wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that totally takes it out of the discussion. <laughs> yeah. It's like they were talking about. We, we, don't, yeah. we don't talk. We don't talk about Intel MacBooks these days. <laughs> yeah, well, and they don't even sell that computer anymore. I remember, what, I, well, that's what made me think about it. We, I, I, I looked at the date because they, they used to sell the computer that you have, but without the touch bar on it, with just yeah. keys there for people who wanted the keys. Um, yeah. And then they quit selling that. And 
and I didn't know that they I hadn't heard anything that they'd reannounced it. So then I saw the date. It was like, oh, okay, they didn't reannounce it. It was it was an old one. So Yep. Yeah, but I, I absolutely if you want a an inexpensive Apple computer, seven ninety nine is the best price you're gonna get for that. And that M one MacBook Pro, it will be a computer that you can use for a decade and will love it. Well, this is the air. I'm sorry, I said Pro. M1 MacBook Air. Yeah, that the 799 M1 MacBook Air is a incredible Now, I know computer. 800 sounds like a lot, but just just a year ago, you'd have said uh, 800. That's a hell of a lot of money. It should have been 600, you know, or whatever because of the yeah. inflation. So, yeah. but nevertheless, 800 today yeah. is... Well, the Not MacBook Air lists at nine ninety nine, and that's what it usually sells for. But every once in a while, they'll have them for sale for that seven ninety nine price. I've seen them at Best Buy that way. I've seen them at Amazon that way every once in a while. But now that they're the M ones that you can pick up for that seven ninety nine, the one thing I would be real careful about though is just make sure when you're buying a a MacBook Air that you're not getting some old stock and that it's an Intel version. Make sure you're getting the M one chip inside of it because it's night and day. Yeah. Absolutely night and day in terms of what you're getting in performance and longevity. You really want the M1 because that's going to be the one that will be um, getting OS Classic. upgrades yeah. and stuff for a longer period of time. Eventually, they're going to phase out uh, the Intel version of the operating system. You know, I mean, it'll take them right. probably four or five years to do it. But um, but at some point, if you have an that's Intel it. Mac, you're not going to get any upgrades. Yeah, it, it, it has a time limit on it. Yeah. Clock's running. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, the uh, next iOS and and its equivalents uh, for the iPad and whatever. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're just saying it's going to be a routine, normal uh, error, bug fix, and kinds of things. So there was no biggies to come with it, and the primary reason given for it is the AR VR focus. So they apparently mm-hmm. within the company transferred some of the software dudes into that area to focus on their right. New products. Yeah, sort of like the, um, uh, uh, what was it, the Snow Leopard, right? They had Leopard, and then the following year they came out with Snow Leopard, which was, they, they didn't add a whole bunch of features. They just made everything more solid and, and did a lot of, you know, a little cleanup code. Yeah, um, and, as, and as, as a user, I, I've, I've often uh, paid more attention to software upgrades because I keep things for quite a long time, you know? Right. And the longevity in Apple has always been in its software updates. I mean, you, you right. could buy a product and man, it isn't even the same product year to year. It just keeps getting so much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apple, what, Apple, that that's hard to explain to people, you know, when they're, when they're buying their, you know, $300 laptops, windows laptops to say, yeah, yeah. but not only is this better now, it's going to be better than, than next year's because the same thing is going to get better. <laughs> you know. Well, and I contrasted that with the with the Windows fiascos, where it never got better. It seemed, and, and the big downfall with Windows has always been security upgrades. I mean, I just it drove me crazy. It drove me to Apple because I couldn't use my Darren Windows machine without put going through some kind yeah. of forced Windows upgrade. Yeah. It didn't give you a choice. It yeah, just, every time hey. you turn it on, it's like, hey, guess what? We've got all of these updates. And so you turn it on and then wait 20 minutes before you could use your computer because it was downloading and rebooting. I, I, I thought to myself, What's, what an insulting product that is that says, hey, I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not good for a few days even. 
It, just yeah. a constant stream of stuff. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The only thing I thought was a little funny about they're talking about Windows iOS 17 and 16.4 is due out Ooh. in in yeah. <laughs> you know in in today or tomorrow maybe even you know. Well, it's, it's, it's eminent, though. Yeah, it's basically what they the uh, gold yeah. master is is what they they said it had gone to already. So yeah, but they're just moving on because they know everybody's read about all this OS right. upgrades and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that's all about. But anyway, now this is the first time I've seen Apple Car mentioned in a long time in an article. Increased mm-hmm. the they increased the number of drivers for an autonomous fleet. So immediately I thought to myself. Less autonomous. You got to put a driver in there to make it work. <laughs> yeah. Well, Actually, I'm just kind of joking because basically these are just uh, test vehicles where mm-hmm. they can test lots of different things. And so yeah. Maybe, maybe and, the things they're checking have to do with the user interface. Well, you know, and if they're if they're checking in the state of California, you're required to have a driver who is responsible for the vehicle, even if you're you're, you're testing at uh, a, an autonomous system. Yeah. And, and so by law, and, they have to have somebody sitting there who can take control of the vehicle. Yeah. And if you read the article, they're not all necessarily being autonomous tests. The implication of it's an autonomous fleet that can be used for that, but they have other things they test in there as well. And one of the more recent articles that we had was this big dashboard that they're now trying to sell to companies that let them basically uh, do all the display and user yeah, interface the, for them. The, what know? are they calling it? CarPlay Plus or something like that? It's everything that's electronic that Apple yeah. says to the guy, hey, if you want to make an EV car and you be an expert on your car, we'll give you a dash and take yeah. care of a control in it all. Yeah. You know, I think that's their, their p- potential market. I don't know if they'll ever make an, an Apple car right. other than for testing. Yeah, I, I yeah, we'll it. see how that all comes out, right? Like they've spent a lot of money developing stuff, but does it mean that it's really going to be a standalone product or is it going to be something that's integrated into a bunch of others? When they introduced that at the at the developers conference last year and showed us pictures of it, they one of the things they said which I thought was interesting was that the entire interface, the one that they were seeing was done by Apple, but that they will work with their partners to customize it so that the partners can customize and make it look the way they want, which means that you're going to let the car guys get in there and screw it up. Um, well, it's it's a it's an opportune time for Apple right. to offer this capability because there's going to be a, a too many companies uh, in the EV business for a, right. a while. I don't know right. how long it'll last. But they will want help with some of this stuff because if you're a new company in the car business, you don't necessarily want to do a bunch of stuff that requires yeah. some special skills that you don't have. You know? Right. Well, and the irony is, and, and this is maybe where they, the, the idea of the partnership actually makes a lot of sense, is that you know, the car companies, while I don't think they're particularly strong at doing interface design, do have special skills that Apple doesn't have. That's um, true. Or at least it hasn't demonstrated yet. And, and, you know, those special skills have a lot to do with, uh, you know, building a car, <laughs> and, well, you know, and, and, and making sure that when the, the speedometer says you're going a sp- certain speed, you actually are going that speed and to do it, you know, over many years of a car sitting in 120 degree heat and, and, you know, and sub-zero freezing and, and still working. Yes. Yes. You know. there, and there are lots of different aspects to car manufacturing. But the one that's 
really comes to my mind as the skill that uh, uh, Tesla has brought to the market isn't the one that gets all the publicity. And to me, that's the manufacturing capability, the big stamp that replaced a, a hundred different parts or integrated them all into you know a couple mm -hmm. major pieces. Uh, that that equipment to do that uh, is fairly recent origin in the manufacturing business and is going to revolutionize it. And it gives them uh, the ability to have a, a much better margin on their cars. So uh, right now, Tesla is just roll, has such a margin that they're just rolling in the money compared to most other manufacturers. And they have the ability to drop the prices uh, that uh, other companies that are just getting started, they, they may think they can come in and compete with Tesla, but they got to anticipate that Tesla is going to keep bringing that price down mm -hmm. and will for some time. Uh, because yeah, and I'm not, and, and I'm not even really familiar with what you're talking about. You're, so, you're, so you're saying the basic structural design of the Tesla is if, is if much you, more uh, modular. You, uh, they've basically looked at how to uh, stamp out a big part that includes lots of little subsystems that had to be riveted together in the current uh, uh, on manufacturing processes for uh, uh, gas cars uh -huh. with 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 the electric cars there were a lot of opportunities to change all of that so you don't need so darn many pieces to, to uh -huh. assemble so in manufacturing the fewer pieces the actual piece count matters a whole lot because that just adds complexity uh -huh. and if if you don't need to to do a you know if you can do one big stamp and it comes out with everything that you need you you've saved money you know, you just, you, you know, that's one piece. And they've eliminated over 100 parts to the standard manufacturing process that's just physical structure. Mm -hmm. and, and how do you put it together? Now, I didn't realize there were that many, but apparently there were just all kinds of little things that it, it it's kind of like uh, an accretion of, it was some something new that came along. Well, rather than change their manufacturing process, they right. just add a tack it on, tack it on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it got to be that way. And everybody did it the same way, mm -hmm. you know? And so they all are going to have to start anew if they're going to compete with Tesla. They're almost forced to because of the actual cost of manufacture. And, and that's where you really get your, your uh, profit margin from. Mm -hmm. So, so Tesla's rung that out, and then they're never acknowledged for that right. thing. It's, well, then know, they made it focus. up by taking what is a you know five-piece door handle and turning it into a 16-piece motorized monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> That's the <laughs> one thing I've read about is several uh, people, former Tesla owners also, going like, you know, we've kind of figured out how to make door handles. How is it that every single door in every single Tesla has some new technology that nobody else has ever done, and Every one of them is, a, is, is you know, caused issues. I mean, they delayed the production of the Model X, which is their larger SUV, because of, uh, you know, manufacturing problems with those gullwing doors. Like, who needed gullwing doors? Nobody asked for gullwing doors on their SUV. <laughs> you know, just put a door on it. Yeah. You know, nobody well, asked for ha door handles that come sliding out motorized. There's one more motor that, you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to have to be replacing that stupid motor at a ridiculous price when I could have just stuck my hand in and pulled a lever and popped it open. 
Yeah. But, you well, know. Well, he, he was new to manufacturing, and early in the development is the time yeah. to make those mistakes. Yeah. Well, you and know? and I've got to say, you know, I mean, from what you're telling me, it sounds like that, you know, super smart at looking at the, you know, overall way it's being done and saying, hey, if we rethink it from the ground up, you know, how much of that can we put into one piece and integrate? Right. And, and so, yeah, and you're right. That gives them a huge advantage over others in terms of, of overall cost of manufacturing, uh, which means yeah. that they're able to then get more uh, more money on the front end. And then as as prices, you know, if they need to be price competitive, they, they've got more buffer in which to drop prices and still maintain um, uh, viability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now the now there there has been a lot of innovation in the business of how to build battery packs, and right. it could be that some of these other companies are going to make up the disadvantage that uh, that they had in the overall car design uh, by by building a better battery pack. Yeah. And may, and and one of the real options I always thought was uh, allow people to change out the battery packs maybe earlier and at less expense. Right. Know, in other words, keep the current battery packs and recycle. Get a recycle. Well, you know, the Teslas are designed to be able to swap out the batteries. And in fact, he even, I don't know that he ever built one, but they did uh, demonstrate a place where you could like drive your car in and it would, instead of charging the battery, would pop out the battery, pop in a new battery, and you're back on the road in like five minutes. Oh, was um, that quick? Yeah, it was. They timed it. They said it was essentially the same amount of time it takes for you to pump a tank full of gas. Mm. And so, for those who were complaining about that, but to my knowledge, that nobody has ever, you know, Tesla never then followed through and built that. Um, but that does tell you that their battery packs are designed to pop out. So, you yeah. know, it shouldn't take long to do that. Should you need to, I imagine it costs, you know, five digits to replace a full battery pack for a vehicle. Oh, it's expensive. That's a, that's yeah. a big cost in the car. In fact, yeah. it it's close to fifty percent. Right. Yeah. No, I think the one area where we'll see um, changes, and and obviously we've talked about a lot of it, um, is is in battery technology. I think that's an area that's still, you know, the 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 the, the chemistry for those batteries is is significant, and there's lots of lots of technology, lots of growth in that field. There's a lot of people investigating, you know, better batteries, cheaper batteries, lighter batteries. Batteries less likely to burn holes in the ground, <laughs> you know, things like yeah. that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we mentioned uh, AR technology. Uh, the hardware that goes with that is a hands uh, headset, rather, that uh, is apparently right. going to be uh, introduced. Some people still think around summertime when they have their. Uh, yeah. Software. Yeah, their developers conference. Yeah, yeah, developers conference. Yeah, we're talking uh, Apple here, by the way. The Apple goggle, the goggles, Apple, whatever they're going to call them. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, mixed reality headset is what they're but, referring to it as. But anyway, uh, we're pretty sure that the, sometime in twenty three we're going to see some headsets. Uh, at least uh, they'll be expensive. We know that already. Three somewhere in the order of three thousand dollars. So their developer. Yeah. tools to help uh, get this thing started. Although I and, remember when they first, when the, when the iPad was coming out and the estimate was that it was going to be $1,000. And I remember yeah. they introduced it at like, what, the original one was like three ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody it, went, it, <laughs> Well, the 3000 so, I think, is probably stretching it. But, yeah. you know, 
they're basically saying it won't be focused toward the end user yet. Yeah. I mean, and that's because we're talking we, rubber straps with a piece of foam and then a display, you and, know, and, I think and some the cameras. Real, the real reason that they're being cautious is because this article is all about how Google failed and how yeah. uh, Meta failed in theirs. So uh, there was a lot yeah. to learn at Apple. And uh, not only right. that, but how do how were people using this? Right. Well, I would I would first say that uh, saying Meta failed is probably a a overstatement. Uh, they have sold yeah. a ton of headsets, and in fact, they were the one, number one product sold last Christmas. Right. Was right. was the uh, uh, what are they? What's the name of their the brand name for their headsets? I can't remember. Uh, Quest. It was the yeah the uh, Quest. Yeah. Pl- uh, but anyway, uh, but so far. I I haven't seen, and this is what you know remains to be seen. If Apple is going to be able to find an actual reason to have these, because thus yeah. far it's basically, if you like playing games, this is a different way to play games. Yeah, that's that's the primary one, and the other one they mentioned is communications. Right. Like while you're talking to somebody at FaceTime, that you maybe want to have a more interactive experience with them, uh, and so I don't know what that'd be, but. Turn yeah. your head or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see how what they've thought of and how they've implemented it. But yeah, to me, this is still a technology in search of of a of a desire. Yeah, applica- yeah, yeah. Nobody. Why would I want this thing strapped to my face? You know, I'm not a gamer. I don't really want to play games. So, what is this going to do for me? I mean, well, it, you know, it, 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 and in this article, they suggested a couple strange things that as far as I was concerned, and that is that you, you will actually have a goggle that on the front, you can see some eyes. Now, apparently they're artificial eyes, but you can see which way a person's looking. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> it is, isn't it? That is super so, creepy. So I, at least that was the way I took and, it. And I, I can't, I can't imagine that would be the truth. Um, <laughs> yeah, but apparently there's going to be cameras on the outside of this thing, so that when you've got the goggles on, they can actually show you the world around you. So you're not, it's not like virtual reality where you can't see anything. They'll be able to do uh, uh, augmented reality with these goggles. So yeah, it, yeah. it always bothered me when they showed a, an ad or something on tv with some kid with the goggles that he couldn't see what was going on around him but he's standing up how yeah. dangerous is that yeah you there's know? yeah well usually they're standing in the middle of a room too and it's like right. yeah they're, and they're and they're like waving their hands around like okay yeah, well, that's not going to take out a well, lamp or a you know a grandparent or something well, you know? well kid, kids will do that but adults say man you don't know where you are or what's coming at you yeah so you're you're in in danger no, the scary thing is that adults will do that too, and now you've got full-grown people standing in the middle of the room, swinging their arms around, um, yeah. you know, so fighting with lightsabers, and it's like they may be th- having a grand old time, but yeah, and I can just see me. I mean, I'd fall over. I, I, I'm said, you know, this is the broken bones will ensue. <laughs> I promise. I, I can hardly stand there without anything on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, moving yeah. on. Uh, I was surprised to see an article about Dark Sky. And for those of you who don't know, that was my favorite weather app for years. A uh, small company that Apple bought, and and basically they took the product off the market and integrated supposedly the technologies yeah. into their uh, weather app. And when they did this, in fact, my opinion 
is that I want Dark Sky back. I'd love right. to have it back. It was much better displayed. Yeah, their interface was, and that's kind of the point he makes there is, is they were a, it was a visualization masterpiece because it was designed for you to get the information you needed in in a quick glance better than any other weather app. You know. Yes, and it was a success, obviously. But then, guess what the interface looks like today? You would never guess that it used anything from Dark Sky. Yeah, the only time I notice it is it is occasionally when it's raining. It shows that little um, like next hour timeline with the right, you know, and that'll pop up on on the weather app now. And that's the only Dark Sky like thing about it anymore. Yeah. So in fact, uh, the MDN guys who wrote this article, or no, maybe not wrote it, but anyway, they. Uh, they're basically encouraging lots of independents to get out there and do some innovation and start yeah. with what Dark Sky had because apparently, well, Apple probably owns the patent for that, but at least yeah. take, take the, the hint that Apple screwed it up. Right. <laughs> And like you know, you have a chance of winning this if you if you use it right. Well, there is a um, the API for Dark Sky is now integrated into the Apple Weather API, so you can use that API to get that same information that Dark Sky used to give you. So now the question is, how do you build that interface? Um, there is a weather app called Carrot Weather that is very customizable, and there's a template that you can overlay on Carrot Weather that makes it look very much like Dark Sky. How do you um, spell that? Carrot, like like you eat a carrot. Oh, um, okay. I'm not a huge fan of Carrot Weather, though. I, oh. And I tried it and tried setting it up, and to me, it didn't. I didn't think it worked all that well. I mean, you can try it and see what you think. Well, to me, the thing, at least where I live, that made Dark Sky so good was the line that says, you know, it's going to rain in five minutes. By golly, you could get your time, your watch up there and watch and time it. it it'll be maybe a minute plus or minus, but boy, they're close. They know where that weather is moving. Yeah. And, and it, it was great. And so uh, I have a, a piece of equipment called an electric scooter that I can't drive around in the rain. So I like to know whether it's going to rain here or not. <coughs> so, uh, I, I, cause I can carry my scooter on the back of the car and I can, I can cover it up, but that's a lot of trouble to yeah. do these kinds of things if I don't know. And, you know, we have pop-up showers all the time. So I was always absolutely stunned and amazed as to how good Dark Sky did it. They must have had a lot of local participation in providing uh, data to them. Yeah, I've read about how they did it. You interested? I I am kind of, yeah. Okay, so they, what they did, and this apparently upset all kinds of people who are meteorologists. But you know the old adage like, why do I need weather? I can open the window and look out. Yep, they kind of looking out. They kind of did that, but what it was is they they used the um, uh, radar maps, the publicly available radar maps. They would look at a radar map, and they would just see where it said there was participation. And if there was participation and it was heading your way at five miles an hour, they would do a quick calculation and say, you're going to get rain in 10, you know, in, in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that made a bunch of meteorologists very unhappy because they build all of their information off of algorithms that have been developed and are, are, are 
accepted as the appropriate way to do weather prediction. And so they were not happy that that Dark Sky was essentially using radar to look out look out the door and say, "Hey, there's rain coming. It'll be here in ten minutes." <laughs> but you know, but I, was, I do re- I do recall that in this uh, uh, Dark Sky app, there was a place where you could say, "Is it raining or not right now?" You, right. You know, so everybody could participate. Right. Well, it helped them fine tune uh, yeah. how well they were predicting. Yeah, but I, I, you know, again, as I mentioned many a time, I coach swimming, knowing mm-hmm. when it's going to rain and if there's going to be lightning with that rain was important for me. And, you know, I'm standing outside on a pool deck. It was really nice to have your phone, your watch buzz you and say, hey, it's going to be raining in 10 minutes. You know, yeah. so I'd walk over and pick up, you know, my my jacket or something and be ready. You know, tell yeah. my, my my assistant coaches, hey, it's going to be raining in a few minutes, you know, so that uh, when it hit, we're not standing there all wet. Well, conceptually, I don't think anybody can patent the fact that you can have a, uh, a crowd uh, vote to decide whether it's going to rain, whether it's raining or not. You know? Right. We all can help each other, and it's, especially if it's really convenient. You know, just answer a question when you bring up the app. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like it. And if you at the bottom of the 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 article on um, Mac Daily News, there's a link that says go you know see the the full article. It's actually at uh, NightingaleDVS.com, and DVS stands for Data Visualization Society. So these are people who really like good interfaces for providing visual input on what's going on on data, right? Yeah. And they yeah. they show a whole bunch of. Um, pictures of the old interface and they do it the very first page is compare comparison between what apple weather and dark sky would look like on the main on the main page and of course the dark sky one's blank now because there's no data behind it anymore but you know there's no doubt the apple weather is prettier but i think that the dark sky was arguably more informative you know, less clutter. Well, it's what it's it's what worked. Yeah, it really worked. You 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 had information that was more applicable to your local area than ever before. Yeah, because you had participation of your neighbors. Yeah, you know. Well, it's or interesting any- because if you scroll down, they talk about uh, uh, use cases for a weather app. What the goal is, like when I'm going outside, I want to be adequately prepared for the weather. What information might I need? Is it raining or snowing right now? If so, how heavily? If so, when will it stop? If not, how might that amount of uh, the amount of rain vary today? What's the temperature outside right now? Is it generally warm or is it generally cold? Is it windy? You know, and so, you know, it's so obviously, again, these are data visualization people. So I love how they're breaking this down and saying, you know, are these questions being answered by the interface? And and in the case of Dark Sky, the answer was yes, most often. Yep. Obviously, the people who designed it spent a lot of time thinking about what's the right way to to structure this information visually on a page to be of maximum help to the person who's using the app. And, and they succeeded. They did. They succeeded you know, so well, see, somebody came along and said, we want that. Yeah, and, and, and then they shut down the thing that was a success uh, and claimed to have brought the, tech, the technology from Dark Sky. They didn't. They discarded it. Uh, yeah, and, well, they, they brought the information technology, but not the data visualization technology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
They weren't specific enough in explaining what they did. Because, you know, again, the, the weather app is pretty, but is it the best way? Is it the most informative inter- interface? No, not even close. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, Carrot basically has lots of different, um, like, when you you create their interface for the carrot weather, it it's a bunch of widgets, mm-hmm. and so you can say I want, you know, like the big numbers of the temperature with an icon next to it that tells me what the weather is like outside. Below that, I want a uh, a uh, radar map. Below that, I want, you know, so that you can go in and design the interface to make it look um, as much like um, dark sky as is probably possible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets pretty close. I'm just not a big fan of Carrot Weather. And Carrot Weather, in order to use it and have access to all its functionality, it's a subscription, which, if I were using it regularly, would be worth it to me, but it's probably not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have no problem subscribing to or or paying for apps that I go back and use regularly. But if it's one that I don't really use then it's, you know, I'll either use the freebie version of it or just delete it. Yep. Well, they, I think they did a good job in this chart you're refer, referring to as to why some of these interfaces were really good because it... Right. You know? Yeah. No, they. I, I love how they literally have gone through the interface and said, you know, here's the questions that somebody who's doing this needs answered. Does this yeah. interface do that? And... And and that's the right way to manage this kind of problem, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you know, showing where this, where they work well and and where, you know, the the current interface in in, in uh, Apple Weather is is weaker is really cool. In fact, I I hope 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 that the guys who design Apple Weather for Apple. Read, read this article. article. Read this article <laughs> because if they do, they might go through and make some different choices. We might see some changes in Apple weather, which would be great. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any problem with Apple doing this. It's just that they took away something that I prefer to what they just replaced it with. Right. You know. Yeah. And so I want them to know that <laughs> they they screwed it up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like they they had a fantastic app and all they had to do realistically was just slap their logo on it and say this is the new thing and instead and and i don't think that because somebody has got a meteorologist degree or have that behind their name or whatever that that makes them an expert on weather apps yeah well there's more to to weather than than you know just knowing what's going on you got to be able to present it right exactly um, so. and, and as much as they didn't like the idea of, you know, saying it's going to rain in 10 minutes by looking at a, a, uh, uh, radar map, it works, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, and you can integrate that with a longer term prediction based on, on meteorological, you know, uh, predictions, but, yeah. but, you know, the quickest way to tell if it's going to be raining in 10 minutes Look outside, see which way the clouds are moving, and then look towards, <laughs> look at the clouds that are coming at you. That'll tell yeah. you, you know. And so, whether you do that via radar or you literally go outside and look, it's, you know. Yeah, it's a pretty physical thing. You can see where the the, the rain is out there from yeah. the radar, and, and you know where the 
The yeah. user is exactly where exactly the well, and is. especially for for that that um, you know that micro accuracy that 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 uh, they always had. You yeah. know, it was like, you know, I don't care what's happening. You know, twenty out twenty four hours from now, as much as I care what's going to be happening in the next five or ten minutes, because I'm standing outside. And so standing outside, it was like, you know, especially if it was at night and you couldn't see, you know, it was just a phenomenal uh, tool to be able to go, hey, look, <laughs> we're going to get some rain in a couple minutes. Yep. So anyway, I'm, I'm thrilled by this and I'm, I'm really excited about this article. Yeah. You know, because this is the most well done explanation of their design and why they, they really worked it out. I, I, and in now, fact, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by this website. I will come back and look at this website because I have a, a, a real interest in data visualization as well. And, and, yeah. you know, presentation oh, of sure. data. I mean, I've always been a very database interested centric person. And so, you know, doing something like this where they they break down and talk about, um, uh, I wish, I wish I could remember, but in grad school, I took a math class that had to do with presentation. Really? And Yeah. And it was a phenomenal thing. It was all data visualization. Mm -hmm. It was the words, just the same out as in this paragraph. Right. Uh, and uh, the teacher uh, offered this course because it was, it was a real important thing for mathematicians to have value by presenting all kinds of data in ways that were meaningful. Right. And so the whole class was oriented toward understanding your your own data well enough and the user needs well enough to make this translation for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that's, it's like, it's like a programmer who doesn't, who, who, who discounts the, the skill of interface design, right? Right. You know, you can have the most useful thing in the world. If nobody can use it, then it doesn't do them any good. You can have all the answers in front of somebody, but if they can't understand what you're putting in front of them, then it doesn't do them any good. So you've got to be able to to create that visualization that makes sense to people so that they can then, you know, take that data and turn it into information they can use. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I I think this is very cool. I, like I said, I'll come back to this website and, and do some... Uh, Explain, yeah, this... exploring and reading. So anyway, let's see here. Messages. Uh, what's coming up next? Apple. Oh, oh the voice this isolation is... feature. Yeah. This is weird because I don't understand what voice isolation is versus um, the thing that they dropped, which was the um, uh, they used to have. Uh, what would they call it? Um they they had a in like one of the previous versions of the OS they had a uh, a sound thing that was supposed to you know did something sort of like voice isolation but they called it something else I can't remember what it was yeah anyway well, uh, they're talking about iOS six point four first of all which is right. uh, one that's just outer imminent Im imminent I guess yeah yeah uh, and so. Uh, when you have a cellular call and you're calling from a from a noisy environment, you know there's a lot of background noise, and uh, so they can take that out of the the sound that actually gets transmitted, so that uh, your cellular call is much clearer to the person at the other end. 
you you know that the, the noise is there because it's you're hearing it yeah. yourself, but you don't know what's being transmitted. But this thing will mm-hmm. uh, a test on this is whether somebody else can actually hear what you're you're saying over this noise. Yeah. And and so it's part of the filtering technology that's worked its way into lots of uh, applications. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, to, it's like uh, the sound blocking that's on the AirPods, right? It's just yeah. sort of the reverse of that. It's now they're putting it on the mic so that you don't pick up a bunch of ambient noises when you're talking to somebody. That's right. And and so it's bound to help the overall communications process significantly. Uh, get get rid of noise. That's just a general function of filtering. And uh, so these are dynamic filters, and they're getting real good at it. And so they're finding applications in uh, products now that, that yeah. uh, Apple's had out for a long time, but they have they're they're finding ways to use this technology and uh, and have a better product as a consequence. Well, it'll be another one of those things that you you bought a product from Apple, and hey, guess what? It got better. Yep. Yep. So, you know, especially the simple things like wind yeah. You know, yeah. and traffic buzz, you know, they, they just yeah. are, I mean, that's common stuff. Yeah. It's easy, well, easy that, to get rid of. That's where all these things are excellent at is when there is constant noise, like, you know, this noise yeah. from, from an airplane or noise, like you said, from uh, uh, wind or, or engine noise, you know, if you're driving or something, um, where they struggle more is when there's like a a loud sound that's that's um distinct from the background noise you know like uh uh a loud bang or something like that you know or uh, you know a balloon popping that's not going to get muffled as much yeah. as as a so, vacuum cleaner or a lawnmower yeah so that's you know that you're absolutely right that's the key to this thing it's, it's just one of those free uh, upgrades it is. That's the thing. And that's part of what I like about Apple. And I think they do this probably better than just about anybody else, which is uh, they sell you a great piece of hardware and then they keep upgrading the software over a period of time. And a lot of their stuff is well built so you can hang on to it for multiple years. And by the time you're done using that product, it can it has capabilities and functions <laughs> that didn't have the day you bought it. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. that's a really good feeling. And a sense of value that you get with the product that you just don't see other places, you know. I mean, yep. the 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 uh, most Android phones are just sort of getting to the point where people upgrade the operating systems regularly, and even then, uh, most of them don't. You know, you look at the statistics, and most people who have Android phones are running the operating system that they got when they bought the phone. Yeah. Um, you know, well, that was I. I had one operating or one Android phone before I got an Apple phone. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that really disturbed me was they had come out with upgrades to it, but uh, whoever I bought it from, and I can't recall now, was not putting it out as yeah. an upgrade to the operating system because they could sell the next operating system and sell phones. Right. Uh, so it, for, from a business standpoint, it made sense for them to not provide you an upgrade with because you weren't paying for it. So right. they were going to. You you had to pay money out and continue yeah. to upgrade the hardware. We don't want your phone to get better. You might not buy a new one if the one you've got keeps getting better. Exactly. That <laughs> that's that's the exact thing. And and so uh, one business model is really better than the other one, uh, I think. And that's mm-hmm. one that just gets keeps getting better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From from the consumer perspective, I agree. And that's you know people talk about the Apple tax. Well, that's what the Apple tax pays for. Yes. You know. 
So I'll pay more it's, for a phone I'll, up front. I'll agree that it's not free. It was just factored in up front. Right. And overall, I don't know if it really makes a difference uh, on one or the other, but by golly, if there's a capability to do it, uh, yeah. I want it on my phone. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, is that you can spend just as much on a top-end Samsung or you know uh, phone uh, that runs Android as you can as an Apple phone. Absolutely. You know? Now, I yeah. know that Android has made some strides in that area, that they're trying to get it set up so that the um, interface, the, the updates can be pushed by the Google people as opposed to having to wait for, you know, your manufacturer, Samsung or whomever to do the upgrades. Um, but because of the way they're structured, and multi, you know, and it's different companies involved, it doesn't work as smoothly as it does with Apple. The one time that I had an Android phone, um, I, I've shared before, I, I used an Android phone for a month at one time, was with a Google Pixel. And I very specifically chose the Google Pixel. Because, oh, it was either going to be that or Motorola because those two devices used Android in its raw form without changing, you know, no, no overlays or interfaces or anything like that. But I figured, you know, going with the Google phone from Google, running Google's operating system, was the best apples-to-apples apples comparison. Um, and over the course of a month, it I, I literally found everything that I needed to do, I was able to do on that device. It was a perfectly functional device, and you got updates, up, updates and, uh, of course, in a month I didn't see a bunch of upgrades, but, uh, so, you know, directly from Google. So it got updated, you know, as quickly as an Apple phone would. Um, the only thing I, I felt that was really deficient in the Google world uh, at that time was the keyboard was it was much harder to type on their keyboard you had to be really careful about where you put your fingers and how you mm -hmm. typed I was much more error prone and the Apple um, uh, algorithm for me typing on it was just better just much better night and day better yeah but, you know it was one of those things you get used to though yeah Okay, I really wanted to talk about this next one. Uh, Apple and other tech firms push to curb U.S. government spying on texts and emails. Uh-huh. Yes. Now, that's Especially really that backwards. of American citizen. That is backward in my view. Mm-hmm. The United States government, if they have a role, it's to protect the citizens, not to protect their businesses. And I feel that all, every phone out there and every product that has that Apple has is a is a spy device because it has an open mic that's always open and used the way Apple wants it to be used in your and it's stuff that's in your intimate possession all the time. That is a, totally defies the uh, uh, the Constitution in my sense of privacy. You don't have a right to privacy in terms of audible stuff. And that's a significant part of communications. How else do we communicate? I mean, uh, if it's not audible, uh, visual isn't nearly as per persuasive in terms of really saying, you know, what's in your mind or anything. So that has been a violation that's been going on in a long time. And, and fundamentally, I believe there should be a general law that says, only allow audible stuff in into a phone when the the user is, is aware of it. It's the fact that most of the time it, it's so common now that we're not aware that we're always being monitored, even in our own homes. So it's a terrible violation. 
Well, yeah. can be, but the one who's doing the monitoring is the U.S. government. That's the thing is that's what this article is about. If you read it, is I that, know. That, that, I know. That, that tech firms are and, – and I think you're right. It's backwards. The tech firms shouldn't be trying to curb the government. The government should be curbing the tech firms. The problem is, is the government's the one that's doing the spying because the FISA Act, which was done clear back you know, it, in uh, – uh, in uh, what was it? How old it? that was well, done right after nine eleven, so two thousand and one, two thousand and two. It's been it mentions for, George Bush. If that yeah. helps, yeah, you know, for twenty funny. years. You know, the FISA Act was enacted after nine eleven, um, and and it you know it's it essentially is allowing uh, data collection by the U.S. government without warrant, and That's in right. a lot of cases, and uh, or rubber stamp warrants from a FISA judge who basically just says, yeah, go ahead. So um, they're taking our, one of our significant freedoms yeah, and, and it just abusing us. So yeah. I, I, I want to go back. I want to go back at every politician and the national level, at least. They're all responsible for doing this and they all need to be castigated. And I'd say throw every damn one of them out who voted that uh, for yeah. anything in that like, 20 years that brought, uh, brought this about. Well, I and mean, so, every U.S. president since that time has let it stand. Nobody's tried to st- – nobody's changed I, it. They keep I, re-upping it. You I know, know it's, 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 it's not political parties at all. Right. It's every damn one of them. Right. No, I agree. Well, in, I mean, regardless of what you think about Edward Snowden and his, his – yeah. Actions. His quote here is perfect. No system of mass surveillance has existed in any society that we know of t- to this point that has not been abused. And, and that's exactly and, what's happening. And, and so guess what happened to Ed Snowden? He's had every politician come after him when he was the guy that was right. Yeah. He basically pointed out that the, that the government, you know, and caught the government doing all kinds of illegal things. And, and yes. now he has, you know, he, he, he's living in Russia and we're still trying to export. Ex- uh, extradite him, um, yeah. you know, and this is a guy that I think a lot of people, uh, is especially, you know, uh, uh, military people thought was a, a, um, uh, a traitor to his com- country. And I think over time, more and more, we're coming to find out this is, this is, this is a guy who was a patriot That's and, right. and doing the best he could as a single individual to say, our country is doing terrible things to its own people and, and things that are, are illegal, and and unfortunately, what the government's response was is, well, fine, we'll just pass laws to make it legal. Yeah. You know, but they're not constitutional in a lot of ways. I think this is just, yeah, I, I, I think we've got an issue here that, you know, we as a country talk about how the um, the 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 Chinese is a, China is a surveillance state and how how, uh, you know, you're yeah. you're yeah, tracked, sure. you're tracked by the Chinese government. I We're no better. We are That's absolutely right. no better. That's you right. Know, we're tracking our own people. Yeah, that's, this is totally uh, uh, wrong and uh, uh, hypocrisy. That's what it is. Hypocritical, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Harry Truman's quote, I would have never agreed to the formulation of the CIA back in 47 if I had known it would become the American Gestapo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw it clear back then. Yeah. Good old Harry. Yep. My favorite Democrat of all times. <laughs> really, I yeah. really believe that. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy for where he came from made some of the world's uh, most horrendous decisions, but he he did it when when he had to. Right. He saved lives. He saved lots of lives. Yeah. No, he he quite the interesting guy, right? 
I mean, you know, he had not been vice president for more than just a few months when he suddenly yeah. became president. That's and, right. Uh, and a lot of people didn't think he was prepared for the job, and boy, did he step up. Yeah, and 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 I understand a lot of people's. Uh, my mother especially loved Roosevelt, and I'm not saying anything negative about him, but he was Harry's, you know, boss that brought Harry in. Right. But I'll tell you, Harry stands taller than than Roosevelt in my books. He yeah. really does. Uh, and the other thing is that he was the modest kind of guy that when he when his term was over, he got in his car with his with his wife and they drove back to Missouri. Yep. So and, let's go home. Yep. Into his modest little home and lived. Uh, <laughs> Opened a haberdashery in Kansas City, Missouri, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah. He, <laughs> in in. Uh, yeah. Uh, That's a hat place, right? <laughs> haberdashery. Let's see. Oh no, that he he did that after he fought in France in World War One. He came oh. back home and he, that was before he then went into politics. Politics. Oh. Yeah, it's a person who sells small articles for sewing, uh, dressmaking, knitting, such as buttons, ribbons, zippers, okay. and that kind of stuff. Just a little but broader than also, uh, they also in the United States it also refers to a retailer who sells men's clothing, including suits, shirts, and neckties. So. Uh -huh. So, so probably hats too, given the time period. Yeah, well, that was a big thing back in those days. So. Yeah, yeah, a lot of men wore. Didn't leave the house unless you put your hat on, right? That's right. You just weren't dressed. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so I, uh, I, 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 I think we too often just forget about the fact that we're being spied on. Yeah. Second by second. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny because I was laughing about it at one point in time because I remember um, uh, visiting you guys and asked how come you didn't have your Apple uh, HomePods out. And uh, yeah. mom spoke up and said, no, I don't want that thing listening to me all the time. And I laughed out loud because she was sitting there with a watch and a phone and an iPad, all of which have microphones that are listening all the time for Siri, just like the home, you know, but but. She didn't think of it that way. It's like, but that's what they are. They're microphones that are on and listening all the time. But, you know, we don't have a way to use those devices effectively without, uh, uh, I mean, in order to shut shut them off. So we right. control, we're, we're not in control. That's what I would really right. to say. Well, it's fine if, if you give your permission and you want to turn it on and leave it right. on forever. But if you had the choice, if you mm -hmm. had an obvious button here, on every one of these devices that says that, you know, yeah. if, if the face is lit up uh, yeah. or something. Mechanically uh, disconnect to the microphone. I want right. a physical switch that mechanically disconnects the microphone. It's like putting a piece of tape over the camera, right? Or the mic somehow. Yeah, <laughs> well, right. I was just saying, right. but if for visual, you can put it, you tape over, over you know, camera. tape over a mic's not going to help. It'll just muffle it. Right. Um, but we don't have that that equivalent for the microphones. And I mean, you know, and I say microphones because most devices have more than one. They've got several micro. There's an array of microphones in your laptop, your iPad, your phone, and your watch. Yeah. You know, and there are ways to turn it on uh, through software. You can go in and say, uh, you know, I don't want to use don't don't voice activate Siri. So you can turn that off if you don't want it to work. That doesn't mean it's not listening. It's just not going to activate Siri. Right. That's you right. know. Yep. Yeah. It's always and there a was, false choice. Right? right. And I think there was there's a, a, an attitude amongst most of the population that says, well, you know, nobody's going to be listening to me. Who cares about what I'm doing? Right. 
they only listen to people who are are have some interest. Well, they but listen to they but, listen to whatever responds to the search they're performing. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Is but what what some of the documents that Snowden showed us is is that they listen to everything and then they trigger on keywords. That's right. And you say, That's well, the how do they works. listen to to billion you know to three hundred and sixty billion million people in our country? Is it three hundred fifty million, give or take? Yeah, and because the, search works pretty fast. Yeah, and the way they and, and they do that because they can now. The, we've got enough computing power and enough data uh, to to literally listen to all of that, trigger on keywords, and then save you know parts of conversations, and it's all being sorted and done electronically, and only raises to the level of somebody listening, somebody than a human being listening to it after they've collected it all up, and it's all being done uh, in a computer. Yeah. Instantaneously. I, I want to skip over the next one because it, the the second one down ties into this. Gene Munster says Apple's opportunity to integrate AI are endless, and they are. They're endless, but they're also risky for businesses if they enter it too soon and don't because they don't know how to test and control all of what AI is doing these days. There's very little verification work that's been gone on at this point in time. It's too early, and that's why we get squirrely results in a lot of circumstances. But Explain what you're the, talking about. Artificial intelligence uses algorithms that are not test-worthy in the same sense that logical code is. And so tell me, how do you verify AI and avoid all mistakes? Because AI is a... Is a, uh, uh, a uh, uh, probabilistic... Uh, type of an algorithm that says a high percentage of the time you'll get a good answer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't guarantee that you won't get bad answers. Right. And some cases, bad answers are horrific answers because you don't know what the consequences are. Right. If, if there's an any AI in line with a critical decision, you can create havoc. Well, it depends on how you're using it, and what it is, and how you're defining it too. Like, um, like these Chat GPT thing that's been all over the news in terms of an AI that you can talk to, and and it has a personality, and um, it's a large language model system, and it's so I don't even think it really officially should be called an AI. Essentially, what it's doing is is like you said, it's Se using selecting text. It's it's selecting text from a large large database of text and responses that it has collected, and it says, well, you know, the, the propensity of when you say this, 99% of the people say that, so I'll respond with that. Or, mm -hmm. you know, 60% of the people say this or that. You know? That's right. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not really an AI. You know, it, it's not a general AI. It's not learning. It's not, it's not um, you know, expressing. It's really good at faking us out because we're very language-driven. Yeah. But but it's really not. There's not a whole lot of there there, you know. Um, <laughs> if if you look at it, you know, <laughs> it's getting a lot of news because it's cutesy, and it's yeah. interesting to to have a and I'm air quoting here conversation with the Chat GPT system. But it's it's not um, intelligence. It's not it's not intelligent. There's not really a breakthrough here. It's pseudo intelligence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 sort of faking us out into into thinking that it's making uh, decisions about what to say and how to respond. Oh, it's making decisions. It's just not uh, informed in many cases. It's informed by a big database, right. but that doesn't mean that it really understands 
and in, intelligently uh, it, makes the decision. It, it, it beyond understanding the structure of a sentence understands the structure of a conversation. And yeah. so because of that, it knows how to, you know, which, which snippets of words to put together to respond to queries. And that's pretty much it. It doesn't, there, there's really no thought to it beyond that. But what I'm telling you yeah. is that there are, when this guy makes this comment that there are endless ways to integrate AI, that doesn't put any limits on how do you use AI. Right. And what, what that really means is that you're not just using it for text selection or for... Uh, um, well, the thing uh, is, is Apple's vision. already been using lots of that stuff that way. Yeah, you know? I mean, pick, part of the... out of your, which photos you have that contain flowers and stuff right. like that. Right, yeah. Or, yeah. Or like your keyboard. You know, I was talking about how much easier the Apple keyboard is. Well, a lot of that is because it, it's predictively trying to understand what I am trying to type. And, and so if I type, you know, the letter that's adjacent to the letter that I wanted on the keyboard in a word that's part of a sentence, they, they figure that out and go, well, he, he didn't mean to type an I, he meant an O, you know? Yeah. But if you go in, in general, as this article does, and you're talking about uses of AI, you, you, you need to qualify it very carefully that it, it cannot be used effectively uh, in any kind of a situation that could cause uh, serious consequences as a result of its its uh, use, right? And it's like self-driving cars, you know, if mm -hmm. you have any AI in a self-driving car today, you're creating havoc. I'll guarantee it. Yeah, but I mean that's essentially what they're doing is they're collecting large amounts of data and trying to figure out what's the right response for the vehicle based on the information that they're seeing. Yeah, and yeah. how to avoid this guy that's only a foot away from you going 70 mile an hour. Yeah. You, you know, know, there's that's yeah. impossible. So you've got to build margins. Yeah. And all kinds of other things. So AI is is not artificial uh, at the in this general when you try to generalize, it's it's not art, art it's not intelligence. It's uh, pseudo intelligence. It's not yeah, it's it's action reaction uh, decisions that are being made based on propensity of 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 responses seen in the past. Yeah, and, and you know. careful borders and boundaries so that it yeah. doesn't put you in a box that you know it's too too damn late. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, it wasn't. It couldn't calculate fast enough. Yeah. Well, forget about that. You know, it's the fool who will buy into this baloney. That it's real intelligence, you know. Right. Yeah. So. No, I think we're sort of on the same page here in terms of like, you know, it's it's interesting in what it does, but you know, without you, you don't want to put it in in you know high risk situations unless you've got a lot of boundaries and buffers around it to make sure that it's it's not making decisions that you know could cause harm to somebody. Yeah, but but see, I, I see too many articles these days written by these idiots that don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. And and this is one of them. So, yeah, well, I mean, you know, nobody is going to, at least in this field, is going to, uh, you know, think of Gene Munster as an AI expert. He's a general tech reporter who has a basic understanding of stuff about what's going on in the industry, and yeah. he sees this as a an opportunity for Apple. But quite frankly, anytime there's a new um, technology that breaks, it could be an opportunity for Apple because, because Apple 
uh, as Mac Daily News says in the bottom, uh, you know, they own the whole widget. They do the software, the hardware, and everything. And yeah. so they can do things that their rivals can't do, and they can do it on, on timescales that their rivals can't do. You know, and if somebody comes up with a good idea, they're able to, to integrate it into their system uh, more easily than some of their rivals can because, again, they can do it partially in hardware, partially in software, uh, wherever makes the most sense to, you know, be advantageous for them. So, yep, yep, you know. So anyway, it but was yeah. an opportunity for me to get on the soapbox and yeah, identify some issues that we have with the 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 tech yeah. press. That uh, yeah, well, a year ago everybody was saying BitChain blockchain is going to be the 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 you know big new thing is going to be the best thing that ever happened. Oh and, yeah, because you know what? It's used in the financial world, and and the idiots in power today, the politicians are actually talking about seriously converting our financial systems into uh, uh, that kind of uh, digital system, so they can monitor what you're doing with your money. Well, one of and the biggest things in it. one of the biggest things in news right now is the fact that one of the big guys in that is is being arrested for ripping people off so absolutely that's you know. the per- perfect trap yeah i will I, I i will that nothing will cause me to buy gold faster than a lot of people not taking my money you know which ha- may have a problem but at least it's got the support of my government you know and we can vote them out and change governments whatever we have although that's not yeah, very effective. Like I'm trying to remember. There's a country down in South America that actually did go to. They based their their um, currency on Bitcoin. Yeah, and I heard heard about. I that. I can't remember which country it is. I and I, I can't imagine, you know, well, they, doing they, that. But they're a bunch of idiots. That's what. You know? So yeah. I don't care who it is. If they don't, if they will accept something that isn't, <laughs> isn't worth anything, it's worthless. Yeah. Well, but if you're in a country where the economy's, you know. In the in the toilet, and your well, the currency is not worth anything should. anyway. Maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe Bitcoin's more stable, you know. <laughs> in which case, maybe that was a good move for them. Uh, for us, that is sort of the the default currency for the world. I would say no, probably not a good idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I'll, the point I was making is, you know, the blockchain was going to be the the tech the, the the technology that would you know take over the world and everything and everything would be better because of blockchain. Now they're saying AI is the technology that's going to take over the world. Everything's going to be better because of AI, you know. And I would say, well, if if what we were doing okay. was really AI, then we could maybe have a conversation about that. I, what I, I don't really think it is, based yeah. on my definition of AI. Um, you know, it's not a thinking machine. It, no, you know? that's right. And and so in that sense. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, there might be some applications for for some of the stuff that we're talking about, but again, like you said, you got to be careful about how you apply it. And and there are people, um, you know, in, in positions of 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 power within the industry that are are not stupid. Um, right. So I'm I'm not too worried that that's going to go bonkers. You know, but uh, no, honestly, of all the things we've talked about today, the whole surveillance state thing is the one that gets me the most worked up. Yep. But, um, so we skipped over uh, the watches. Yeah, the there's watches. a OS 9.4, watch OS 9.4. Yeah, it says Apple is widely expected to unleash a uh, release fest, including a whole bunch of Right, watches is part of that, yeah. yeah. 
cycle tracking and AFib history. So that's uh, probably things that people would could use. Yeah. AFib history will help catch things that people might not other. So oh, I think the health field is can be helped immensely by sure well and this one makes i mean it's just like makes perfect sense the wake-up alarm you could silence it by putting your hand over the top of the watch well but if it's your wake-up alarm and you're in bed what if your hand's underneath the pillow you're going to silence your alarm and it never goes off because (laughs) your hand was under the blanket or under a pillow or something and like whoops so they're turning that off you know it just happens that last night i had or the Two nights ago, I had used an alarm to wake up in the morning. I, mm-hmm. I'd not set it. I just did a series at the time, you know, and, and yeah. told it, and it set it. And right. then I woke up before that, and then it said, oh, I noticed you're awake. Do you still want this alarm on? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for very long before it was there, but it was – But and I just mm-hmm. canceled it at that point because I was awake already. Yeah. But – now I have anyway. a I have a sleep focus that's set on mine and it automatically switches to my daytime focus, yeah. uh, which is a different face, um, at seven o'clock. And almost oh. every morning when I get up, it says, "I see that you're up. Do you want to switch your focus now?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably just change it to from sleep focus to get up focus to a little earlier when I actually get up out of bed. Uh, yeah, save myself the trouble." Yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's interesting that some of this thing, like this AFib history, was not available in some countries. So I guess yeah. they had to uh, get approval from all the. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of that countries. has to do with regulation in that country. You know, about laws about what you're. Yep. You know, because there are some countries where they actually even shut off certain functions because they're just you know that they don't have approval in that country. And you know, it's weird too because in some countries it requires like you know, the equivalent of their Food and Drug Administration to measure certain body functions. And in other places, it's like, nah, whatever. <laughs> no, but here we get to tell you when you got to wear a mask, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you how to wash your hands. I'll tell you from all the hassle that, that, that I've heard since the COVID thing has been over is that I don't think anybody dares come in and tell people to wear a mask again, you know, as, mm-hmm. a, as a society. That's not in their purview. And the other thing is, don't tell me I have to take vaccines. The doctors, all the doctors that were shot up by this uh, Fauci uh, organization, they're all out just really pissed off about what happened. Because yeah. they said this that's not science. That's the absolutely opposite of science. When one guy says what's right, and, you know, picks and, and puts himself in a position to tell me what's science. Yeah. You know, anyway, it's just been the Internet's covered with these kind of articles and critiques and mm-hmm. stuff. And There's in fact, now also people eating Tide Pods all over the Internet. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Tide Pods. <laughs> there was a big thing a while back about uh, people, the Tide Pods, the laundry detergent that comes in the little. Oh, Tide. I ball. Guess. Yeah. Yeah, people were eating those, you know, put it in your mouth and see how long you can hold it in your mouth before it dissolves. And uh, it was a dumb TikTok challenge. It was all over the Internet. Uh, The point I'm making is stuff all over the Internet is worth what it's written on. You know, it's just like everybody look at it, decide for yourself, maybe use a little common sense. I know that sounds like a strange thing to say, but, you know, if it looks like a stupid idea, probably is. If your gut tells you Tide Pods don't belong in your mouth. Well, I think what we've Maybe really learned, I think what we've learned is common sense isn't common. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, which is, yeah, a longstanding thing, right? It's like, yeah, being t- <laughs> nah, but it's just like, you know, I, I, I say go with your gut rather than say common sense anymore. So go with yeah. your gut. If your gut tells you a Tide Pod doesn't belong in your mouth, yeah. maybe don't put it in your mouth, you know? Yeah. Laundry detergent yeah. was not made for oral consumption <laughs> or any kind of consumption. Right. Hmm. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, are we got anything? So, I well, there was I'm something sure. on the iPhone 15, another uh, – they're, they're, uh, well, there's been a rumor about the charging on it. I, who knows where that came from? Um, and there's been several things that have broken about, like, apparently there's been some uh, some peaks at the, the frame. And they're saying that, that instead of having two separate volume buttons, it's going to be like a single button that's a rocker button. Or maybe not even a real button, but a, just a touch sensor there for the volume. So, you know, we'll see how that comes out. But uh, the thing that they've been talking about most recently is that Apple will comply by putting a USB-C port on the bottom, but that if you want a fast charge, you have to use a MiFi approved um, uh, cable. cable. Now, uh, I've seen another article where somebody talked to people about the European law that they're trying to comply with. And the law, the way it's written, says that they can't do that. That that if the U, if USB C uh, supports fast charging up to 15 watts or whatever, then it does. Then you have to support that. Uh, if you support fast charging, you have to support that. Now, if you don't support fast charging at all, then you can just say, "Well, we're only going to go at the slower speed." Now, what they what they could do is go at an even faster speed that's not supported by the USB C standard. Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, it's a standard already that, that, that they're right. trying to comply right. with. But they're saying it's not just the port, that, 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 anybody who in, that everybody who sells devices in Europe will have to, to support the, the whole standard. So that yeah. means that there will be faster charging. But right now the standard goes up to 15 watts. So Apple may say, okay, well, we'll support 15 watts through the standard USB-C, but if you use one of our cables, you can go up to 20 watts, which is now beyond the standard. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I personally don't think the whole fast charging thing, I mean, it's handy when you need it, but it's probably not a good idea. Everything I know about batteries says that slow charging is much better for the battery and the life of the battery and and the heat of your device because it heats up quite a bit when it's charging faster. And so... <laughs> My feeling is is you're better off using a slower charging speed when you can. I'll tell you the one I appreciate. It's 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 on my uh, iWatch 17. I got a fast charge here on that. Apple and Watch Seven. Seven, yeah, seven. Uh, and man, that is really fast. I mean, yeah. And I could stick that sucker under. It seems like 15 seconds, and a big noticeable difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, I the other day was getting ready to go for a walk and my watch had died and uh, overnight and uh and so I stuck it on the fast charger uh for 15 minutes while I got ready to go uh, out and walk and then when I was able to go actually I guess it was I was leaving for bowling and I got like 38% in that 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And that- yeah, that was pretty amazing and it got me through, you know, a couple hours of bowling. And then yeah. I got home and put it on the charger for a little extra juice then to, to finish it off for the rest of the day. Yeah, I've done that knowing I'm going somewhere and I'll be gone for a couple hours, but I'd sure like to have my watch with me yeah. and it only has 10% charge. Yeah. You know? 
So I'll zap it back up so so it's, at least it's not red. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see a red battery on there, you say, oh, my God, that's not going to last. Yeah, and that's 20% is when it, after you know, anything under, or 20% and under, okay. it goes red on you. Yeah. And, uh, but the other thing is, is it's amazing how long it'll go on, you know, fractions of a charge, too. Yeah. Know? I mean, it shows you battery percentage. I almost wish it would give me an estimated remaining time of life instead. You know, yeah. show yeah, me in, in minutes how long I've got. <laughs> well, it probably isn't linear the way it, as it goes down. It just probably discharges faster or something. Oh, I, I suppose. suspect. But that's that's why I would rather them not do me a percentage. I'd rather them just give me an, you know, based on re previous yeah, use, the normal discharge, you know, how long is how long, how much time, you know, because I don't know how much time 10, 10 percent is. Uh, but and I don't think in terms of, well, I've got to get to the store and back in 10 percent of my battery use. You know, <laughs> I, I say I've got to get to the store and back in 10 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever. It's an estimate anyway, so they can do it. It's exactly. Just, it's exactly. Just, you know, I would. Yeah. I don't know if there's a way to switch that or change it, but I I would prefer to see. Yeah. Estimated time remaining, not estimated battery yeah, percentage. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just just put uh, percent or something like that. I, I don't mean percent. That's just what they have. Yeah. Uh, Put uh, minutes. I yeah, guess. I, the minutes minutes would be more useful to me. It's about data presentation. What they need to do is they need to go to the folks at Nightingale Data Visualization Society and learn how That's to right. pre <laughs> present their data properly. So right. the last article up is a giant gooey blob of BlackBerry. <laughs> oh yeah, BlackBerry. I almost forgot about them, and I yeah. thought that well, this is interesting. <laughs> so has everybody else. You know, that's right. Anyway, when you 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 know when they're selling the patents that they're they're trying to get whatever ring out, whatever dime they can still get out of the company. Yeah, it's like the last last legs of of BlackBerry is basically selling off the patents, and the last remnants will be gone. Yeah. To catapult IP innovations. It was really good memories in its day. Yeah. You know? It's just too bad that they didn't have uh, people to carry on and make it better. Yeah. You know, the old joke about it being a crackberry because the people who had them were the ones that were at the front edge of being obsessed by your phone. Uh, it's the, le <laughs> the bleeding edge. Little did they know that a few, few uh, a decade later, uh, everybody would be obsessed by their phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, though I personally, I was never a BlackBerry owner. I preferred the... Um, oh, you the, had Blackberries. No, I didn't. Never had a BlackBerry. You're never serious? Had, never had one. I had the I handspring. Had I had the Palm handsprings, that the, the, the Palm pilots that were completely different. different. Oh. Different operating system. And I had those, and they looked very similar. They You're didn't. Right. Ha they didn't have the little ball in the middle of the keyboard that I could move around a cursor on the screen with, like Blackberries did. Um, uh, but I preferred them to the Blackberries, and because I could go buy software for them, much like you can with an iPhone, they were early precursors there. You're you're right. I had Palm. That's what I was. I was right. confusing them. Yeah, and they were kind of they coexisted, but Blackberries was definitely the one that was the big one for businesses businesses all had blackberries anybody who had a business or worked in had blackberries right. you know my personal phone was always the palm pilots i liked the palm operating system um okay. and i thought they did good things with it but yeah um this the worst thing about this whole story for me is is that it sounds like and i don't know anything about this company but it sounds like they're being sold off to a company that basically is a patent troll 
And so they're now going to have control of all these patents and they're going to then go suck money out of other people with that, having done oh. nothing other than buy the patents. Yeah, could you be. Know? I was hoping that, that, well, and of course, I don't know what the patents they specifically have are and, and, and if they're, you know, if there's much value to, obviously somebody thinks there's value to them. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I was hoping somebody like Apple would grab it so that they would have the patents as opposed to, or, or even Google, you know, I would just prefer that to it going to, you know, a company that's basically buys well, up I, patents. What I was curious about is how much they're making from this patent use, you know, yeah. people who are paying to use their patents. Yeah. You know, so that, that determines that's, that's the yeah. important part. Well, when they're playing, they're use. paying $200 million for it. 170 million deals cash up front and another 30 million in three years. Yeah. So they're, they're making some money uh, on, on them, but uh, you know, it just depends what your margin or uh, marginal profits will be in the future. Right. Maybe if you could invest it at two to three percent, well, with the government, you'd get treasuries, you know. <laughs> yep. Anyway, some some of these patents uh, will lose value significantly over time. Others may never. Yeah, know? yeah. It just depends on how key they are to the underlying uh, functionality of a smartphone. You know, because yeah. some of them maybe are being used by Android and Apple uh, or Android and iOS. And so, mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the, you know, Apple and, and the Android folks are paying royalties to whomever holds the patents to uh, to these to this. Yeah. Group, you know, for some things, you know. Yeah. Because they certainly have, were. Have, in, in order to sell this to somebody, you've got to actually show them the contract of the royalties you're getting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's part of it. I'm, I'm sure they have shown, shown them what they've been getting and who's who's paying it. Right. Because that has a lot to do with the value of it over time. Right. Um, you know, because, I mean, basically what they're saying is we're we're either we have other issues and debts. And so the income is not helping us or uh, we're not making enough for us to continue servicing and managing this project. You know, yep. I mean, Otherwise, why would somebody go and buy them, right? So, um, right. you know, but if they're not making enough, I suspect it's that they've got other debts in, in, in the, you know, the business that remains of, of research in motion, which was the BlackBerry company, um, probably has other issues. And that's why they had to then sell them off. Uh, yeah. You know, because they've got to be still yeah, making money. Nobody would spend $200 million for them if they weren't. Right, right. Yep. So. Patent, patents have a have a lifetime just like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we probably can call it a day, huh? Think so. Think two so. hours over two hours, huh? Is the big yeah. yeah, it's it's after after ten my time, so it's what? One one fifty seven it says here. So we're getting close. One fifty seven? Yeah, that's what mine says. Mine Hour says ten thirteen. So how are you? Uh, I'm not 20 minutes time. behind this me. Ten <laughs> what are you talking? That's when you started. No, it's 10, 13 a.m. here right now. We started a little after eight. Oh, we've uh, been, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying that Skype has been on for an hour and 58 minutes. Right. Yeah. And we've been recording for an hour and 47 because we spent 10 uh, minutes talking baseball before we yeah. started recording. <laughs> uh, that's right. Well, <laughs> okay so, anyway but, uh, 
But yeah, no, I, I just, I, what I was saying is I was looking at the time. It's uh-huh. 1014. Okay. That's... My time. So it should not, okay. You were saying 57 because you were looking at the time it had been recording. Yep. Gotcha. And I'm like, how are you 20 minutes behind me? <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you're three hours ahead of me, but, but that, cause, cause right now your clock is what? One fifteen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, I, and see, I, you, you thought I was saying it's one fifty nine, huh? Right. And I'm like, what do you mean? How is it almost two o'clock there? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, you okay. know, I didn't explain. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like the numbers didn't sync, didn't make any sense at all to me. It just, and it was just dumb luck that the, the running time that. matched almost the actual clock time, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or was similar enough to confuse me. Yeah. Which isn't saying a lot. I get confused pretty easily. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, I've got to finish setting my lineup because I've got a big swim meet tomorrow. So uh, wish us wish us luck. We've got uh, the only team that beat my team last year is who we're swimming tomorrow, my boys' team. And uh-huh. so um, hoping that we can take them this year. Um, so, well, I wish you the best. And, uh, and, uh, either way, well, I hope the kids all have good races and have a good time. We're going to have good weather for a change. Our last meet got rained out. Oh, you guys been getting a lot of weird weather out there. A ton of rain, ton of rain. It's Just, super, super green. Makes me really, really fearful for what it's going to be like in September when it's really well, dry and all brown. You, you know, I was. Uh, I have a neighbor who's a rig, real uh, climate change guy. You know. Yeah. And he's always saying things, bad things that happen. I says, "How come you guys never talk about the positives?" Yeah. I mean, there's people gaining a lot. People in northern climes, they wouldn't mind if it warmed up a little bit. You know, their winters are pretty damned harsh. Yeah. You know, they have everything to gain. It's just you guys that are that in. Yeah. Those know. of us living in the desert appreciate the rain once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. There's some bad things that come with it maybe too, but yeah, they're not all bad. It's like, the, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the weather's changing in some places for the worst and other places for the better. It just, you know, it's a big planet. Yeah. It's been that going like that, you know, since time, time on earth began, you know? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Time on, on Earth began a long time ago. Time on Padca- podcast began two hours and one minute ago. So we're going to close her out. <laughs> Thanks okay. so much for joining us. Thanks, Dad, for talking, and we'll see you all next week. Enjoyed it. See you next week. Booyah.